0: Hello and welcome to Twin Talk. This is Angie and I'm Joy and today we're going to be talking about the book Coal Miner's Daughter. So recently I visited a small park near my hometown and saw a coal miner's memorial. The memorial consists of a statue of a local coal miner who grew up working in the nearby mines and a coal car filled with coal sitting on top of rails along with a beautiful memorial granite wall that contains hundreds of names of local miners who worked in Sebastian County, Arkansas. Immediately, the book Coal Miner's Daughter came to mind, and I thought, why in the world have we not thought of this book for our podcast? It was kind of one of those aha moments. Joy and I have frequently discussed what books we would like to read, and of course, all of our favorite books came to us immediately, but somehow this one escaped us. After some thought, I realized it was because we had both seen and loved the movie *Coal Miner's Daughter* that neither of us had ever read the book. So I ordered a paperback copy online, and we also listened to the book *Me, Patsy*. I'm sorry, *Me and Patsy Kicking Up Dust*, the story of Loretta Lynn and her friendship with Patsy Cline. You may ask, why was this such an aha moment? It would be almost impossible for me to discuss all the connections and sentiments that I feel for this book. So I'll try to keep this short and to the point. First of all, I am not a coal miner's daughter. However, I am a coal miner's granddaughter. My paternal grandfather was born in Alabama and moved to nearby Greenwood, Arkansas to work in the coal mines in and around Greenwood. My maternal grandmother was living near Raccoon Creek, Kentucky when her family moved to Greenwood. She ended up living in a coal camp east of Greenwood called Fidelity. Coal played such a huge role and establishing the area in which we now live that I could not go anywhere without being reminded of what once was. The Midland and Frisco Railroad ran within a few miles of my house, and there are numerous coal mines within walking distance. My grandfather told us before he died that mines run under our house, and I believe he might be right. The other connection I feel is simply for the so-called backwoods or mountain people in this book, who were Loretta's family. When I read the book and watch the movie, I feel as if I had been transported in time and could be watching my own kinfolk. Like I said before, my grandmother came from Kentucky, and Loretta Lynn grew up in Kentucky. All of my relatives on my father's side of the family came from very humble beginnings, and many of them had to move to find better jobs for themselves and their families. Many of them settled in Greenwood, Arkansas, and that is why my father and his sisters and brothers ended up here and that is why me and my sisters are here today. The story of Loretta Lynn's upbringing resonates with me like no other can. <clears throat> when I watch the movie, which by the way is delightfully close to the book, and see Loretta and her parents singing and listening to the radio, Dew showing off in his Jeep, and Loretta's daddy begging her not to get married and waste her youth, I feel a sadness at knowing the hard times that people felt during those days of poverty. Yet I also feel the love they had for each other and the love and despair that Loretta felt for her father after he passed away. This is a story about life, success and failures, and the harsh reality that sometimes accompany both. Loretta tells this story with such brutal honesty and transparency, you can't help but love her. And this is what keeps me coming back to her story time after time. I think that you just hit on something really important there. She's Mm -hmm. so honest. You can tell she's not fake she just tells you how it really was what she was really thinking how things really were she's mm-hmm. super authentic and i that's a good point that's i think why so many million i'll say millions i don't know that's why mm-hmm. so many people around the world can relate to her and her story because she's real okay that's i was just getting ready to ask you for comments you have any more <laughs> <laughs> no i mean that was very well written you're a mm-hmm. good writer and yeah i feel a special connection too like you mm-hmm. said we have, you can't drive down uh, highway 10s one of the key highways that goes is in this area and like you said, mm-hmm. all along Highway 10 are the old coal mines. And the old, mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people don't even realize they're there, mm-hmm. but they're all over the place. And that's the reason um, so many cities around here even spring up was because of the coal mines. Mm-hmm. That is so true, yeah. I, there's a map, uh, there, there's a book that you and I both read about the coal mines in the area, and there's a map in, of Sebastian County coal mines. And it's just a little sliver of Sebastian County. And I wrote in the book, this little sliver of land is the reason why we even are here. Right. You know, Mm -hmm. that's, we were, our grandparents came here to mine. uh, And part of our youth (coughs) was spent, there's an old... um, I always forget the name for it. Like, she calls it red dog, I think, mm-hmm. in the book. But or, or slag. It's the, yeah, or... it's the part of the coal that's not any good, and mm-hmm. they always pile it up on these big, huge mounds. Mm-hmm. And we grew up with one across from our parents' house. You know, we had to walk through the woods to get there and everything, but we would mm-hmm. climb up it. and it It's was enormous. Really tall. It's huge. It's huge. You mm-hmm. can see out over all the woods. It's really mm-hmm. pretty. Mm-hmm. I remember one year... We actually got some snow and a little bit of ice, and we got and we would sled down that thing mm-hmm. with our neighbor Jennifer. Yes. Hi Jennifer, and <laughs> Hi, Jennifer. I, I think how stupid we were because yeah. there were trees at the bottom, and this is a uh-huh. huge pile of. What's it called again? Slag? Slag, I guess. And um, we're just going down this on the ice and snow. We could have, you know, we could have oh, run into a tree and we been We could killed. have definitely broken a leg just, or an arm. Yeah, we were not too bright, but it was a lot of fun. That's and funny scary. because my memory about that is it was more about, it was less about the sledding and more about when we came home, we were absolutely filthy. Oh, I'm Because sure. that slag is very, it's 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 not... I mean, it's dirty stuff, you know, yeah. and I remember having peeling off my clothes and they were wet and muddy and had that slag on mm-hmm. them or whatever you call it. And I remember I was just waiting for our mom to start gropping about it. And I remember she didn't. Hmm. And that's why I have this memory of my mom not gropping <laughs> about having to wash those dirty clothes. So. One other memory <laughs> I have is, you know, we both went out with boys from Hartford, Arkansas, and they have a lot of coal mines around there. And uh, I remember the story that a bunch of these guys, they were probably 15, 16 years old, went touring one of the coal mines in Hartford, Arkansas. Which, just before you go Mm -hmm. on, we don't advise anyone to go into a coal mine because it's very dangerous, Mm -hmm. and sometimes you can't even get within in five feet into the entrance and you could be overcome by gas so yeah just a just a warning super super dangerous dangerous. don't attempt this at home okay go ahead ahead. so having said that i guess these guys weren't too bright (laughs) Mm -hmm. they went and were the story i was told they were just you know um looking around this coal mine and they had some string with them and were unrolling it and then they ran out i think and then they're like oh we'll be fine And they got lost, and they wandered around this coal mine, I think, for a couple of hours, and Mm -hmm. they finally found their way back. But that was a happy ending, but it could have ended very differently. That is so scary, yeah. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and do a book summary for those who have not read this book. And, you know, I would imagine there's a lot of people who have not read this book simply because they are not country music fans. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's easy to go, oh, well, I don't like country music, so I wouldn't like this book. And it's so old. It was published in the 70s. Yeah, I believe people around around may, yeah people around 76 or yeah people may not even be aware of it mm-hmm. so the book the book is about Loretta Lynn uh, let me just read the book summary here Loretta Lynn's classic memoir tells the story of her early life in butcher Holler, Kentucky and her amazing rise to the top of the music industry born into deep poverty married at 13 mother of six and a grandmother by the time she was 29 Loretta Lynn went on to become one of the most prolific and influential songwriters and singers in modern country music. She was the first woman to be named Entertainer of the Year by the Country Music Association and the first woman to receive a gold record in country music. Yeah, there you can't debate her um, what she did for women in country music. She definitely paved the way. She did things no other woman before her had ever done. So if nothing else, you know... Mm -hmm. Uh, She should definitely be honored for those things. Definitely. Okay, so let's talk about the book. Um, First of all, I would like to hear your overall impression of the book. I thought it was good. I was thinking, though, like, we're used to hearing country people talk country you know those (laughs) things it didn't bother me the way you know it's her voice coming through in the writing and I love that about the book that they told it from her voice yes and she said I'm not doing this book unless Mm -hmm. it's how I sound yes and I appreciated that about the yes and it didn't bother me at all Mm -hmm. the way she spoke the spellings in the book didn't make it sound like her Mm -hmm. but I was just thinking (laughs) I just wonder if like someone from the north or someone very proper like from England would be like oh my goodness I can't handle this I mean, I don't yeah. know. I just could see people being turned off by the language, but it didn't bother me at all. Okay, so your overall impression oh, was... Oh, sorry. So overall impression <laughs> was, yeah, it's one of my favorite books. I love the book. And mm-hmm. I, I think the reason it's one of my favorite books is, like you said earlier, I, I felt personal connections because of our family history. You know, we have a grandfather who was a coal miner. And just you know anytime you have a personal connection, it just makes the book more special. And she just has an outstanding story. It is mm-hmm. amazing what she was able to accomplish make, consider uh, what she was able to accomplish considering where she came from. Had it ever occurred to you up until we decided to do this podcast that you had never read the book? No.
1: No, it never occurred to me either. I
0: just watched the movie, Mm -hmm. and I know you're going to bring this up in a minute, so Mm -hmm. I'll go ahead and say it. But you know, it's one of my all-time favorite movies. I just Mm -hmm. think Tommy Lee Jones and Sissy Spacek. Oh my goodness, Mm -hmm. you know, probably two of the best performances, I guess, by them. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've seen Tommy Lee Jones in a lot of stuff, and to Mm -hmm. me, that's one of his best performances. I've only seen Sissy Spacek and Carrie, oh, right. <laughs> so I don't have much to compare that. But yeah, didn't she win an Oscar? Yeah, for her performance. She okay, did. well she mm-hmm. deserved it because yes, she I agree. had that part down to a T. I agree. So when I think about the book and my impression of the book, in in my mind, the book and the movie are one and the same. They are. Yeah. I was impressed. Mm-hmm. Usually, you know, the book there's they take so many there's so many things that they have to cut out. I was surprised at how closely mm-hmm. the movie followed the book, yes. right down to the dialogue. Yeah. It, it was very close to the book, and I was happy about that. I actually tried to do some research to see if Loretta Lynn how much input she had in the movie, and I really couldn't find much mm-hmm. on that. But to me, it was obvious that she had a lot of input because it was so close right. to her to her book. So, um, and the other thing I realized is that. When I read or when I watch the movie now, I have a different perspective um, as an as adult versus mm-hmm. as a teenager. Yeah. Because, you know, I was thinking about this. I thought, okay, the first time I probably ever watched this, I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. But since then, I've experienced childbirth. <laughs> right. I've, I've been married, mm-hmm. I've lost my father. Mm-hmm. So, a lot of the things that, you know, I'm watching happen in her life, I've now experienced right. as an adult. So, it actually, you know... Um, oh, it was much harder for me to watch it. <laughs> we both decided to watch it again before we did this podcast. And you're right, I probably hadn't seen it since I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. It was so much more emotional, me, emotional to watch this yeah. time around because you're right. Of those things you just mentioned that I've experienced now that I had not experienced the first time I watched it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know many of the struggles she was facing you know trying to be a mom and be a writer and a singer Mm -hmm. you know this is kind of funny but I was thinking even in doing our own podcast we're dealing with kids and dogs and husbands (laughs) you know even this small little thing we're trying to do we we have these kind of obstacles too and one of my favorite scenes you know is she's sitting on the front porch and she's trying to write a song and (laughs) do you remember the she kicks the washing machine she's got the ancient washing machine (laughs) that's rattling and she goes over and gives it a big kick you know and she's she's playing a guitar and she's humming a tune while the kids are running wild and it's raining and you know. Mm-hmm. And no, anyway, that was funny. I love that scene. Um, and you know the other thing I need to mention is that the book was on the New York Times bestseller for eight weeks. I didn't realize that. So mm-hmm. this, you know you you made a good point when you mentioned you know I uh, wonder what people thought that like maybe we're from a different areas of the country mm-hmm. who weren't used to that culture or that, that type that, of, that, of language. Yeah and uh, and I thought, okay, if it was on the New York Times bestseller for eight weeks, that's a wide variety of people. Mm, it right? is. And, I mean, there's a lot of people reading that book. Right. So, you know, why do you think it had such an appeal to such a large audience? Well, that's what I said earlier. Because it's authentic. And a lot of people aren't familiar, I think, with the area she's from, and uh, just her life story is just, it's a miracle that she came from such poverty mm-hmm. and reached uh, had such success, so mm-hmm. it's a good story no matter who you are. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know i don't know about you, but, you know, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of reading about someone who has a totally different life than what I'm accustomed right, to, you know. Right. That's probably fascinating to a lot of people, that people actually live that way, you know. Um, so just curious was there anything in the book about Loretta's childhood that was new to you that maybe you didn't know? Not really. I knew that they were poor. I knew they she grew up in severe poverty but just the specific examples like I think she said they had a cousin who would steal chicken a chicken when he knew mm-hmm. they weren't eating and then the, and literally in the middle of the night the mother would get up and kill it and fry it for them and have them get yeah. up and eat another part part, stuck out to me too yeah Yeah. the fact that a snake could come up through the floorboards (laughs) and the dad could remember the dad had that pet black snake and I was like wow could you imagine living in a house where a snake can fit through the floorboards yeah just things like that Uh there's it was just such severe poverty and (laughs) man it makes you thankful for what we have today Mm mm-hmm okay so you know you mentioned they had a a cousin that you thought that stole chickens Mm -hmm. or whatever so I kind of went back because the the thing that surprised me and I don't know how I missed it in the movie the first time around was the death of Lee Mm Dollarhide. and I was trying to to pin down his exact relationship his relation Mm -hmm. to them and so in the book and and I may have read this wrong but this is the way I remember it she said uh she said her daddy had a cousin named Lee uh-huh. Dollarhide, but then toward the end of the paragraph, she called him Uncle Lee. I thought they said it was the mom's brother. Well, maybe it was the mom. I don't remember. It was it was either the mom or the dad, but she said it was their cousin mm-hmm. that Lee Dollarhide was the cousin. But then I swear later on in the paragraph, she they, yeah. they called him Uncle Lee, which a lot of times that's kind of a common term of yeah. endearment. They'll call you know. I would uncle. have to go back and reread, but I thought it mm-hmm. said he was an uncle, and they talked about how he and his buddy or maybe it was another brother would hide out in their attic Mm -hmm. while the authorities would look for him for making moonshine yeah and i was just thinking you know that far back in the country and Mm -hmm. do they really care that they were making moonshine i guess they did or they wouldn't have been chasing them okay so Mm -hmm. you want to you want me to do a twin moment here sure okay so uh, gotta have one per episode yeah i jotted down you know the things you know about um her childhood that i didn't know and i i actually said i believe she even mentions in the book occasionally they would lie for their kinfolk when the sheriff would come around asking about them yeah yeah and so i love the fact um that she would be singing on her porch and they, they literally literally were making moonshine up in the hills and he even says and he comes down the the uncle comes down out of the hill one off the hill one day and says loretta you have a really good voice you're gonna be a fine young woman someday Mm -hmm. and it's just so um what's the word joy when it's just so ironic i guess that you've got this moonshiner up in the hills and he's listening to what he has no idea he's going to be a future Uh, country superstar singing you know out there in the middle of nowhere Mm -hmm. anyway and and i love this is one of my favorite sayings in the movie um, so Lee is trying to get Mooney, Loretta's future husband, to run Moonshine. Mm-hmm. And he tells him, if you're in Kentucky, you've got three choices, coal mine, moonshine, or move it on down the line. <laughs> and I, I thought that was funny, but it's really true. They did not have a lot of options. So you you kind of, you know, you, on the one hand, you can say, why are those people up there making moonshine? But they really didn't have a lot of options. You know, it was either work in the coal mines or go off and find a job somewhere right. else. So. Yeah. Very limited opportunities. And there was one thing I noticed in the movie that I would never have noticed had I not read the book first. Okay. You know, sometimes that's what I love about books. You you get to see all the little details and right. they, and then in the movie they stand out more because you've noticed it in the book. Right. But um It's the scene toward the beginning of the movie where Ted, which is Loretta's father, has a really bad headache. Mm -hmm. And her mother, Claire, is at the table reading Coffee Grounds. Yeah. Did you catch that? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. She says she sees a man and a woman crying.
1: Did you catch that? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. What?
0: Why? I'm just curious. What do you think? Well, because was, it was. I think it was referring to Loretta getting married at 13. Okay. That I thought the same thing. I, I assume she was foreshadowing yeah. Loretta leaving the house in the near future yeah. to get married. The mm-hmm. uh, same here. Okay. And then, the, to me, this is. It's not funny, but it is. Uh, Clara says bad times are coming and Ted says Lord you don't have to be a fourth until her to see that yeah you know? that was funny <laughs> yeah I'm like they're living there in poverty with all these kids and yeah when <laughs> she <laughs> said bad times were coming I'm like well what is that you have now is that not bad times you yeah. don't have enough food they can barely clothe and feed their kids uh-huh. uh, to me that's pretty bad so was there anything in the book that shocked or surprised you something you didn't know about yeah um and then the movie didn't hit on this and um so i didn't know but that fact that she believes in reincarnation yeah she thought she might be an irish girl in the hurt one of her past lives and an Mm -hmm. indian princess type person in one of her lives she even talked about performing a seance Mm -hmm. at hurricane mills and she's trying she said one of the key people she wants to get hold of is her dad and Mm Talking about the. Does she talk about the ghost at Hurricane Mills and Coal Miner's Daughter? Because I'm thinking I'm getting some of my books mixed up. It's hard. I don't really know because the fact that you and Um, I read Patsy and Me Kicking Up dust, and then also Coal Miner's Daughter, a lot of the stories Mm -hmm. intertwined and she mentioned them. And I looked up some YouTube videos Mm -hmm. just for some background information Mm -hmm. and I might have even been on a YouTube video. But I guess the big thing was that she actually believes it's like she's Christian, but she also mixes in the Mm -hmm. folklore that she grew up with from the mountains. And Mm -hmm. so the fact that she believes in reincarnation and did seances, I was pretty shocked to find out her beliefs i have to admit i was shocked with that too but then i thought you know growing up in the hills that is one thing lots of superstitions There's a lot of superstition mm-hmm. in the hills i mean that's just a part of their culture mm-hmm. it really is and they almost it's like you said they they kind of intermix uh, christianity and folklore, folklore superstitions. And superstitions it's kind of is this just a part of it's just yeah. a part of their life mm-hmm. so Um, The thing that surprised me in the book was she was talking about how there, you know, once she made it big and got to the Grand Ole Opry, she said she was surprised at some of the people that she had respected throughout her year, through the years listening to them on the radio, how there was a bunch of dirty old men at the Opry. And and she said that there was one in particular, and I, I sure would hate to. I thought she said Bill Monroe, but I sure would hate to say his name and it wasn't him. And, mm-hmm. and you know, I don't want to disparage anybody's name yeah. and it's not them. But I thought she said Bill Monroe pinched her on the butt or something yeah. <laughs> right before she went out on, uh, yeah. as she's walking up some stairs and or something. And it really did bother her because he, <clears throat> or was it Bob Wills? Maybe. maybe. I know. I I, I'm remember, like you. I don't want to say a man's name. I guess we, we shouldn't s- say names if we're yeah, not for sure. Yeah, we're not for sure. But, so scratch that. Okay. We don't know yeah. who it was, but it was someone she respected yeah. who was a big time name in yeah. country music. And I don't blame her for being upset. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I thought that that yeah. was the part that shocked me. Was just some of the, the yeah. men that she said were dirty. Okay, let's talk about the movie. And once again, I know we do book reviews, but it's impossible to talk about books a lot of times without talking about the movie. Right. And I'm so happy we get to talk about this movie. Yeah. So, what is your overall impression of the movie? Well, once again, it's one of my all time favorite movies just because of my personal connections and because it followed, because the book was so good and it mm-hmm. followed the book so closely, it was just an excellent movie with excellent acting. Okay, so it, you know, we would be remiss not to mention again that Sissy Spacek won an Oscar. Mm-hmm. And I, in my opinion, Tommy Lee Jones should have won one as well. I know. He did an amazing job as Doolittle. Yeah, every time I would. I literally would just watch different scenes and think, oh, my gosh, he is so good. Mm -hmm. He is such a good actor. Um, And and he is a Harvard graduate, I learned. Oh, I didn't know that. And Sissy Spacek, I was reading an article that she had, they mentioned a quote from her. And she said, anytime we were in a room, you know, with all the producers and actors, and she said, no matter who it was that had anything to do with the film, she said, no matter who was there, Tommy... Lee Jones was always the smartest person in the room. Really? Yeah, she said he's Hmm. super smart and just uh, a very, very good actor. So the whole cast was wonderful. And you know who I really liked was Beverly D'Angelo Was Patsy Mm -hmm. Cline. Right. I thought she she... did an outstanding job too. Yeah, and I mean, you know, and I believe they said Loretta, uh, you know, I see a lot of these little tidbits and trivia on the internet. You don't really know what's true or not. But, But supposedly when Loretta saw... um, the actor that played her father, they said she passed out because he bared such a striking oh, resemblance wow. to her dad. And they also said that... Levon Helm. That name yeah, is coming to my mind. I think that was that his name. That sounds right. Um, and so they also said when she saw Patsy, or I'm sorry, Beverly D'Angelo in makeup as Patsy Cline, mm-hmm. that she was very impressed, that she said she was very realistic. So I read that too. Well, I'll tell you where we heard that was in the Me and Patsy Kicking Up Dust. She does mm-hmm. talk about when she saw Beverly D'Angelo in full wardrobe, makeup. Mm-hmm. That she got super emotional because it was like Patsy was alive again. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That I guess that probably is where I read that. Okay. So as far as the authenticity of the film, the film felt very, the film felt very authentic to me. And mm-hmm. I think one of the reasons why is because it was filmed 70 miles south of Butcher Butcherhaller. Mm-hmm. So the terrain and all that, I guess you could say, was very uh, similar. Um, and also, um, I love the cinematography in the movie mm-hmm. and, you know, it's funny, I kept thinking, I love the cinematography. Then I thought, Angie, do you even know what that word means? <laughs> <laughs> you know, cause you hear it yeah. a lot. So I looked up the word cinematography. Do you, what would you say the definition it's of it is? It's just the background. It's just your, mm-hmm. it's your setting. That's kind of what I thought it's how, it's how you film the setting. Okay. I would think I could be wrong. So the definition I found was cinematography is the art of making motion pictures. Oh, okay. So just how you film things, yeah. how you put it together. I, I guess so. Well, in my mind cinematography is more about the backdrops and Me the scenery, too. That's things, what things I like think that. Of. Okay. But as far as the movie goes, you know, I guess I'm getting a little you know, maybe a little technical here, but the way the scenes were framed were mm-hmm. were just so good. mm mm-hmm. Um and I read where the director said that what he would do is he would watch the actors perform their lines and then he would frame the shot around them. Oh, okay. So in other words, instead of having a, a scene planned out and okay, mm-hmm. you're going to stand here and this is going to be the background, he would watch them and then it would come to him. So he what... let them determine kind of the setting, the background. Yeah, yeah. and we're now we're going to talk for a minute about what were your favorite scenes in the movie. And part of the reason I picked the scenes I did was because of the way they were framed and just the... You know, just the cinematography part of it. Right. So, so what were some of your favorites? Um, I loved her first performance on the Grand Ole Opry because it just shows, oh, yeah, how. Sorry about that. Uh-oh. <laughs> That's my computer. Oh. It shows um, how nervous, and uh, it was just cool seeing Minnie Pearl and Roy Acuff, and you know everybody all the main characters and seeing what the uh, uh, Grand Ole uh, Raman Auditorium what it looked like and also when she met Patsy Cline in the hospital well to go mm-hmm. back to that scene mm-hmm. about when she goes to the Grand Ole Opry did mm-hmm. it surprise you that it was like a thousand people milling around on the stage while yeah, the show was going it was, on well and it, I had to remember because at mm-hmm. first I was like wow that is super unprofessional and yeah. everybody's talking while mm-hmm. she's singing everybody's walking around but it was a radio show right. it wasn't on TV that's, so that's then I was, I was like oh, okay that makes more sense mm-hmm. that no everybody's just yeah, talking. you know, when you're thinking okay, a radio show, even e- because we grew up after the era of the, mm-hmm. you know, the, you know, post radio, whatever, and um, you know, in your mind, you're picturing what it would look like on television, right. but this is radio, so yeah. so that part kind of surprised me. So okay, go ahead. And walk. I always was curious, which if her parents were able to listen to her on the radio the first time she performed on the Grand Ole Opry, because just think how proud they. were Oh, I been. know. And her dad unfortunately died before. She became. Oh, I famous, forgot about that. You know, yeah. So. And then the last one, I just think it's the Jeep. Uh, uh, her and Do. He's <laughs> like, let me take you somewhere. And he's going to want to build a new house. And they just seem very carefree and happy. And that's kind of how the movie ends. Oh, toward the, the end of the movie. Uh, yeah, at the very end okay. of the movie. Just because they're carefree and actually happy mm-hmm. and it just. I don't know. So I kind of like that That's scene. funny. You mentioned that's a little different from the first Jeep scene where he takes her riding oh, around. Oh, see? You're making me think about stuff I have not thought about before. You're mm-hmm. right. Uh, we've got uh, Dew and his Jeep at the beginning of the movie and mm-hmm. then the Jeep at the end of the movie, oh, which is a much another more full circle. Coming full circle <laughs> in that do. Jeep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, is any more? No, no I'm cut that you was short. it. Okay, so... And Oh, you're going to die. I have a lot of these listed, but they'll be fun to talk about. Okay. So, well, the first one I listed was listening to Blue Moon of Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that being on the radio during that one scene when yeah. they're all saying, "Okay"? And, mm-hmm. and the reason I like that is because that was one of our dad's favorite songs. Yeah, mm-hmm. and my, I remember our mom one time saying, "Oh, dude, you know, oh, I just thought of that. Dude is her husband's nickname, right. and our dad's nickname was Dude D-U-D-E. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, mom would say, "Well, dude would just stand there, and he would stand there in front of the record player, kind of slapping his knee, mm-hmm. listening to Blue Moon of Kentucky." So yeah. I thought that was kind of funny, and I loved it when Dude. We'll say Doolittle. They called him Doolittle sometimes. He asked Mar- uh, Loretta to marry him, and he had to get permission from her parents. And remember how they kept son- mm-hmm. r- r- sending him running from one room to the next yeah. until he finally had to wait for them to go to bed? Yeah, so you he know? could catch them together. Yeah, and uh, it was just so funny because, you know, he went to Ted, and Ted said, go ask Clara. And, mm-hmm. then, and then she'd go, you know, go, and then Clara it was so funny. Go ask Ted. You know, I just love their <laughs> accents. Mm-hmm. And anyway, those to me were some of the most heart-rendering moments in the film. Yeah. Because you, it was obvious how neither one of them wanted her to get married, but they knew they couldn't stop them. But here's what gets me. These days, mm. I could stop my 13-year-old daughter from getting married. And I know it's a totally different yeah. culture today. Totally mm-hmm. different ball game. Yeah. I think... I almost see them as kind of weak because they didn't stand. Mm-hmm. I guess they thought it doesn't matter what we say, she'll run away with That's them. That's how I took it. So I, maybe... I think they thought, you know, you, they're going to do it anyway is what yeah, the way so I took it. so it's like they it. just gave up didn't even put up a fight. And so back to the how they framed that scene. I love how they framed Dew and Loretta and they're, they're on the front porch hugging and mm-hmm. kissing, you know. And it's it's a really bittersweet moment mm-hmm. cuz the parents are so upset but yet they're so happy. Yeah. And then this is going to sound odd, but I loved the funeral scene. And even though it was so sad mm-hmm. and everything and, and her dad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it was just the way they framed it. It was so authentic to me. Yeah. I could literally see that being really the way a funeral played out yeah. in that day. And Age. and they sang amazing grace in a call and answer style Aww. you know they would someone would sing out and this and then they would repeat yeah. or, or answer I thought that was really cool and just a just a side note they said that the actor what was his name again I think uh, it's LaVon Helm so they said he was very um cr- uh, creeped out a little bit, Uh, you know, it creeped him out that he had to lay in a casket, and so the director supposedly got in there and said, look, this isn't that hard, and he laid there, (laughs) and then he said, once the director did it, then he was, and they said they did that scene in one take, because he didn't like being in the which, I don't blame him, and then the other thing, and... I don't know if you'll agree with this or not, but the men standing around a fire in a barrel and they were sipping moonshine yeah. after that. <laughs> I, I don't know about you. I just thought they all just seems, you know, cause because we're from the South, I can see all of that. I yeah. can see. The women in the house crying while the men are outside standing around a trash mm-hmm. barrel that's burning, you know, sipping beer or moonshine. Yeah, it's very and authentic. And it's just like we've said several very, times. I mean, as far mm-hmm. as I'm concerned, the, the, the culture we grew up in it is very that was definitely very yeah. authentic. So someone wants to know what the South is like. Mm-hmm. It's pretty accurate. It's very accurate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, and then when she's on the the hillside at her daddy's grave, um you know, crying, and she's got the plastic flowers. And, and they said in the book that he was kind of colorblind and yeah. he could only see yellow, so she bought him yellow flowers. Yeah, that was flowers. Sad. That was very sad. And then, but when Du put, took her back down the hill in a bulldozer, I thought the way they did that, now I, who knows whether that is actually the way this happened in real life, and he's asking her, how bad do you want to be a singer, Loretta? Mm-hmm. How bad do you want it? And she says, she yells above the bulldozer, you know, I want it really bad. Mm-hmm. You know, And I thought, wow, the director picked a really effective way of her pouring her proclaiming. Or, uh, proclaiming what she that she really yeah. want, what she really wanted in life that she really did want to be a singer because yeah. Dude's thinking I don't I don't want to go through all this and do all this work if you don't really want this so to me that was also an indication of how much he loved her yeah but I thought that scene was very touching you know to his of his true devotion to Loretta and then the scene um, where the DJ you know, okay so Loretta and Dew, mm-hmm. they decide if she's going to make it big, they're going to have to get out and talk to the DJs so the DJs will play her record. And they take off on this little cross-country trip, you know, all through the South, trying to go to yeah. the different radio stations. And then they get to this one station, and they ask the DJ if he's played her record. And he says, yeah, I played it, and it just kind of laid there, yeah. you know. And so they they find out he lied about her playing, you know, about playing the record. And um, That was in the book, so that is true. Yeah. That happened, yeah. Okay, I, I wasn't, I couldn't remember... I love that scene. And remember, she just takes off and won't shut up. And she's mm-hmm. like, we've been on the road. And do's a been driving? And he's been... Work and staying up late and then and she won't shut up and then all of a sudden he's like okay okay I'll play it if she'll just shut up mm. and then he's like tell me about yourself little lady lady and then you know and then she realizes they're live on the air and she stops in men's sentence and says who me <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know so anyway and then of course there's the famous scene where she says do eats bologna sandwiches and gets to act in yeah. you know um, it, and of course we're g-rated so we won't we won't say that word on the air, but anyway. I just love the scenes of them touring and travelling around the the South. I just think that's really good. And then the moment she wakes up in front of the Grand Ole opera, do you remember that? Mm-hmm. She's in the car and she wakes up. He'd went to buy donuts, says he last he said he spent the last of their money. Uh, and I I don't tell me if I'm crazy. Do you remember Us going to Nashville as teenagers and us, Mm -hmm. it seems like I remember being in a van and looking up outside and we were looking at the Grand Ole Opry. Is that in my imagination? I remember going to Nashville and walking down some of the streets I don't remember seeing the Grand Ole Opry, but mm-hmm. I'm surely we saw it if we were there. I just remember we were in that the white van that we that we thought was awesome, that brewster van, and uh, I remember looking at the window and I could have sworn Mom or Dad said the, the girls, this is the Grand Ole Opry, mm-hmm. and, and I felt like I was having a moment. <laughs> uh, I well, I don't remember it, but okay. uh, I'll sh- have to ask Mom about yeah, that. Yeah, I don't remember. Okay, and then uh, I promise this is the last thing. Uh, so then my the other scene I wrote down was when Patsy and Loretta are singing at the. And it's pouring down rain, and she mm-hmm. finds Dew in the back of a car with this trashy woman. <laughs> and then the scene that's on the bus um, that follows that mm-hmm. incident—I I could literally feel the tension on yeah. that bus between her and and Dew. But anyway, that's so. Those were I just just a few, you know, a few, several yeah. of my favorite <laughs> scenes from the book. So, so anything else you want to add as no. far as the movie? Okay. No, the movie was just awesome. It was really good Yeah And and I know I've told you this before But you know Used to before Netflix Or you know Used to when you had to watch What was on TV Mm -hmm. You know There were certain movies They played a lot there's two movies That if they were on TV It didn't matter what I was doing I would sit down and watch them And Mm -hmm. it was Urban Cowboy Mm -hmm. And *Coal Miner's Daughter Right So that's always been One of my favorite movies too So we're going to talk a minute About Loretta's fame and success You know She's reached the top she's pretty much accomplished everything she set out to do uh but in my opinion there was a lot of consequences of her fame Mm -hmm. that she didn't foresee right and Um, she it's it's not just opinion she says in the book these are the consequences of all my success and she lays them out and talks about them so what did you think about this part of the, the film that depict you know what her success was really like well, I think it was pretty accurate. I mean, it was, it wreaked havoc on her health. She had horrible mm. migraines. Mm. Uh, she lost a ton of weight. She was having all kinds of problem, health problems. Yeah, I was surprised to see. She kept mentioning that she typically weighed, what, like 100? Oh, it was like 100 uh, pounds or something. 100. 15 or 10. It was very tiny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So you felt like it affected her health. Her health, and and she talked about how she always felt guilty because her husband was having to raise the kids and she was never home. She Mm -hmm. didn't get to go to their events. She wasn't involved in their life because she was always on the road, Mm -hmm. and she really wasn't happy. She alluded to that several times Mm -hmm. in the book, that even though she was successful and had broken all these barriers, barriers, that... Success didn't necessarily equal happiness. And in the in the movie, you could especially see the loneliness that she felt. Yeah. On, on the road, just lonely, mm-hmm. feeling guilty about not getting to raise her kids, mm-hmm. health problems. She paid a huge price mm-hmm. for her success. I agree. I, I wrote down endless travel, no privacy. Mm -hmm. Lunatic fans Oh yeah She did go into depth About Mm -hmm. death threats And men propositioning her And Mm -hmm. following her Around the country Uh, Mm -hmm. There was a lot of stuff That was not in the movie That she had to deal with the lunatic fans really got to me because she mm-hmm. had so many instances where she was so she was literally scared to death inside her hotel room mm-hmm. from people that had threatened her. Yeah, she even, right. uh, even when her husband went on the road with her, he would carry a gun because of all mm-hmm. the death threats and crazy people out there mm-hmm. writing those notes and calling her. Yeah, I agree. So, you know, just to kind of sum it up, just the exhaustion of being famous and... Um, you know, and just being apart from your friends missing important events. you know, and even when she would go home and think, "Oh, I'm gonna get a few days' mm-hmm. rest, she said it was nothing mm-hmm. for fans to show up. At her door and expect her to sit down and talk to him right. at her kitchen table, and yeah. she, and she's like, I'm exhausted. And she would literally go to a hotel mm-hmm. when she would go home. Sometimes she would just check in with her family and go to a hotel mm-hmm. because she had to have rest. And I thought that uh-huh. to me that was the worst part of all yes. that she couldn't even relax at home. Yeah, and she said it was just easier to go to a hotel than have to deal with going home and unpacking that part and dealing really with phone calls and me. fans and all those. And things. the fact that she was a stranger to her her twins, the ones that, that she had later sad. in life, that mm-hmm. was sad that they acted like they didn't know who she was yeah and she, she couldn't home. even tell them apart mm-hmm. yeah that she was had sad. trouble telling her own daughter and I know we're we're identical twins and yes people mm-hmm. had trouble telling mm-hmm. us apart but not our parents yeah <laughs> yeah oh, so even after all these negatives that came with her success why do you think she kept performing and keeping up this touring schedule well, despite everything we just talked about. What she said in her book was um she felt she had obligated because they bought that big huge ranch. It was over a thousand acres. Hmm. They actually bought the whole town of Hurricane Mills and she's like she felt she had to keep going not only to keep her name out there and stay hmm. popular and you know in the public view so they keep buying her records but to pay for all this stuff Mm -hmm. and I've been listening to a lot of Dave Ramsey lately you know the financial guru Mm -hmm. and his big thing is live below your means and Mm -hmm. they weren't they were buying this all this property and he and then do even had his own little you know rodeo and I just felt like she felt so such a burden to Mm -hmm. keep up their lifestyle and get everything paid for yeah she had to keep performing and that's that's sad. If she would have just lived below, if they would just live below their means, they could have. She could have retired mm-hmm. very much earlier, and I think sal- salvaged some of those lost years that she had lost from her kids. Yeah. And her did husband. you notice every once in a while she'd say, "Oh, well, we wanted this or that," so I decided to do some extra shows. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I knew. Yeah. You know, so yeah, you're right. She just kept trying to. Uh, keep up with the lifestyle yeah and that was one thing that was pulling her down and just one last comment i have Mm -hmm. about i know i'm kind of backtracking here i just thought of this though about the one surprise to me that she didn't write about it in the book and it wasn't in the movie maybe because it had not happened yet those, she had a son who drowned in the creek down by Hurricane Mills. Mm-hmm. And did that happen after the book was written? Yeah, I believe so. But it, okay. she mentioned it in the Patsy and Me book. Oh, okay. It was I was wondering why she didn't write about because, it, so it must have happened. Yeah, it happened uh, between the two books. You know? Okay. So, And her ma- her mother, remember, had the premonition that she was going to have that a child my, that yes, would drown in that creek. Yes. And then he uh, he did pass away in that trip, Okay. And I don't know why I can't think of his name because... Uh, can uh, either. Benny? Uh, Jack Benny. Jack Benny. Jack Benny, Benny yeah, okay. I believe that's what it was. And so, so you basically alluded to the fact that she was trying to keep up with her name out there so that people wouldn't forget about mm-hmm. her and she wanted to keep up a certain lifestyle yes but one thing she did mention in the book was that the reason she loved being on stage is because of the love she felt from her fans that's true she did say yeah. she loved to perform and she did feel actual love from her fans yeah so that's another reason i think she kept going back time and the game is because she says when she's on stage she could feel the love from her fans um so i don't typically ask this question about after reading a book, but I felt like it's a good question from this book. What lessons do you think you could learn from her life? Well, success doesn't equal happiness. Oh, that's good. And no matter how much money you're making, you need to live below your means so you don't have all that pressure to keep working yourself to death. Mm-hmm. And to me, I know, like I said, she's great. She broke so many barriers, but she... She lost a lot. She sacrificed so much for that success and mm-hmm. I just don't know. Yeah, and, if it, and it was kind toward the end of the book she said, even today I just don't know that, that it was worth what, yes. it, what she gained was it worth what she lost. Right. Yeah. She's still in doubt. And just having to live mm-hmm. with that the rest of her life that's mm-hmm. hard. Yeah. So it's so easy for people today to say, Oh, I want to be famous, I want to be rich, I'm, but have you know, you have to count the cost. Mm-hmm. So, one lesson I wrote down that I could take away from her life is that happiness is a place between too much and too little. Just like you said, excess, in my opinion, excess never equals happiness. Too much of anything is not good. Mm -hmm. You need balance in your life. And the other thing I thought about was how we all have our limits and we didn't know what those limits are. Right. And no one stepped in and said, Mm -hmm. you are burning your candle at both ends. I think... Mm I don't know the people around here maybe they were good people mm-hmm. but someone should have stepped in and it seems like greed was taking mm-hmm. over they were pushing her and putting so many uh, concerts on you know in her touring schedule she was doing so many concerts a year someone should have stepped in and said she's falling apart Mm -hmm. look how much she weighs Mm -hmm. look how bad she looks you know we need to step in and and scale things back have you noticed there is a a pattern to being someone really famous i think of like elvis Mm -hmm. and michael jackson and i think of sometimes there's when you have a lot of power and wealth and fame Mm -hmm. it's it's like people sometimes are afraid to you're right. They're, they're afraid to anything. step in and say anything because they're it, riding your coattails. Yeah, they're enjoying the wealth and yeah. the fame and the whirlwind. Mm-hmm. And you're right. Maybe they're afraid to say anything yeah. because of their. This is a powerful, infamous position person. of power. You you, you feel like mm-hmm. they have power over you because they have the power to to decide. You know, like you know, especially if you work for that person, like right. you said. You know, so don't want to offend them. Right? Exactly. So. Okay, so we're going to do the book rating now, and I had forgotten to come up with my rating word, so this was just off the top of my head, okay. so we're going to rate this book with bologna sandwiches. That sounds great. Yeah, I mean, they ate a lot of <laughs> bologna sandwiches on Apparently the road. Apparently so. Yeah, so, so Joy, um, how many bologna sandwiches do you get I'm going to give it four and a half bologna sandwiches. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Because it was awesome, it was great. Uh-huh. Uh, but I've decided I'm only going to give fives to those books that are, like, life-changing, <laughs> mm-hmm. rock my world. Mm-hmm. you got to be super, super duper special to get a five from me from this point forward. Okay. So four and a half bologna sandwiches. How about you? Well, I think you're going to be surprised to hear my rating. But the book. Oh, is and this the first time it's the we've first disagreed time we on our have rating. differed on our rating. So hmm. the book did not knock my socks off like I was hoping mm-hmm. it would. I, I gave it three bologna sandwiches. Oh wow. I think I just yeah. gave it four and a half because not the structure, but the content. Because mm-hmm. oh, the content yeah. was so yeah. interesting. It was such a phenomenal story. Sure. But you only gave it what? I gave three? it three bologna sandwiches. Wow. But now as I need to add this, the book me and Patsy kicking up dust. Mm-hmm. Is that? Am I saying that? Yeah, right? okay. I think so. That book, I felt like it was better than Coal Miner's Daughter. I will have to say, mm-hmm. because I read them back mm-hmm. to back. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed Me and Patsy Kicking Up Dust mm-hmm. more than I enjoyed Coal Miner's Daughter. But mm-hmm. I, to be fair, mm-hmm. I think it's because I already knew so. But from yeah. the movie, I already knew so yeah. much of the information. If I was just sitting down and reading that for the first time, mm-hmm. I would have a different opinion right Yeah, now. I just felt like in Me and Patsy Kicking Up Dust, I felt like she gave us more. More There was more stories. There was more mm-hmm. me. There was more uh, insight, if, if that makes sense. And it's not only talking about mm-hmm. one Famous country singer is talking about two. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sorry, mm-hmm. and I'm, I hate to get it, go this direction, but I'm going to. I, I'm not crazy about Loretta Lynn's voice and mm-hmm. her songs. They're mm-hmm. just too country for me. And we talked mm-hmm. about this before we did the podcast. Mm-hmm. It's just because of the time, the era we live in. Yes. If mm-hmm. I had lived during that time period, I would probably have a totally different opinion. Mm-hmm. But... Um, to me, Patsy Cline had the most beautiful voice. Yeah, and even Loretta would say yes. that. She would say, I can't sing anything like Patsy right. Cline. Right, and that's what got yeah. me was, to me, Loretta Lynn can't hold a candle to Patsy Cline as I far agree. as voice. And yeah. so reading about their friendship was awesome, but I really was interested in hearing about Patsy. Yeah. And we talked about this too, and I'm going to bring this up, but we all know Loretta Lynn has a little sister named crystal gale Mm -hmm. well that's not her real name they changed it it was her real name's brenda so they wouldn't confuse Mm -hmm. her with brenda lee Mm -hmm. i also man i hope loretta lynn never listens to this one day because i I know because (laughs) and i'm glad you're bringing this up because i want to make this point very clear i'm i'm not sure what that company is i'm sorry i'm not a huge fan of loretta lynn's music but i'm a huge fan of her yes exactly i think you just hit it on Mm -hmm. the head I'm a huge fan of what she accomplished, her character, what she was able to pull off. Mm -hmm. I'm just not a big fan of her music. But her little sister, Crystal Gill, I love her music. I listen to it. Quite a bit. Yes. And you said you listen to it quite yeah, a bit. Yeah, so, and now that, just the fact that you brought up Crystal, so I hadn't thought about this till this moment, but if you were to go home, you know I love to listen to records, vinyl records, mm-hmm. and I'm one of these people, well, I don't just say I listen, oh yeah, I listen to records, I actually do listen to vinyl yes. records all mm-hmm. the time. If you go look at my collection guess which two albums are probably near the front that i because i listen to yeah, them all the time definitely Can, crystal gale crystal gale's greatest hits mm-hmm. is one that I, i've probably worn it out and yes i love her greatest hits and patsy album. klein oh okay i have a patsy klein guess who i don't have loretta okay album. so like on my spotify mm-hmm. i have patsy klein mm-hmm. i have tons of crystal gale songs mm-hmm. Zero Loretta Lynn yeah. songs. So, so So Loretta Lynn, we love you. <laughs> we're not trying to bash you. I know I help. bash Come on, we're doing this. a whole podcast about your life. Right. You're awesome. Yes. But I as feel far bad. as music now can I saying, add mm-hmm. and we're gonna talk about Coal Miner's daughter of the song. Now I I'm just gonna say this. I love the song "Coal Miner's Daughter." Now, if I uh, love that, the story, okay. Well, yeah. I like the song. So, okay. if I ever had a top 100 playlist, that probably would make my playlist okay. "Coal Miner's Daughter." But the rest of them, nah, not so much. Right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, Joy, we're gonna have some fun. Now, I will I say think, this: oh, oh, you ain't woman enough to take my man. Away. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> so it's pretty country. Yeah, but the words. I'm oh, like that is classic. Yeah. The fact she came up with that line, "You yeah. ain't woman enough to take my man." Yeah, that's she does but have now, some awesome one-liners in her songs. Okay, you're gonna have to stop. I gotta cut you off. Uh-oh, because you're you're you're. What's the word? You're 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 stepping ahead of yourself. Okay. You're getting ahead of yourself, and you're gonna ruin my trivia. Oh, we have trivia. <laughs> yeah, awesome. so I it's, it's a little different. It's it's not. It's a little different, but it's still you gotta use your brain here to figure this out. So, Joy, okay. the, we're gonna play a game, and it's called. <laughs> name that Loretta Lynn song oh no oh I'm gonna do so, horrible I was I just laughing because you're already talking about her songs I thought oh, oh great and i thought, crap she's gonna start naming all these songs okay I really am not that familiar with her songs well, we're, so we're, I'm about to bomb okay, okay and I have to say I did google like okay her top 10 most popular songs okay and I, I was saying I might and, know some of them yeah you'll be surprised at how many you know okay so Joy we're gonna you're gonna name that Loretta Lynn song <laughs> I've written down lyrics to some of her top hits and you're your job is to name the title of the song. Oh, but I want to hear you sing it twangy like I she does. I probably will, because because if you can't get it, I might have to give you Okay. A okay, now this one, I've never heard it, so I can't sing it. But number one, sometimes I hear you walk across the floor, and my arms reach out to, reach out to hold you like before. I have no idea. It's called This Haunted House. Ooh. Okay, I've never heard that song, but okay. apparently it's one of her hits. Okay. okay. Number two. Well, you leave me at home to keep the teepee clean. Six papooses to break and wean. <laughs> Squaws on the warpath? Yeah. All right. I, I thought she didn't get that. Because I say if I go zero for ten or whatever, I'm going to be embarrassed. So yeah. there's one. Okay, I'm going to highlight these when you get them right. Okay, I thought she's got it. How get many that. are there? There's ten. All right, I'm okay. one for two. <laughs> yeah. Okay, number three. Ever since you left me. You I mean? I can sing this one. Come Ever on. since you left me, I've done. Wait, I, I'm not singing no that right. <laughs> I've forgotten the tune of that. And Many I just watched the movie. New... nights I've laid you awake and, and, cried. and cried. Okay, what that? That is Honky Tonk Girl. But how... Ever since no you I left me, down. I've done nothing but wrong. Many nights I've laid awake and cried. That out. is, okay. Uh, now I'm a honky-tonk Yeah. that's all right. right. Okay. Ding, Thank ding, you. Ding, I ding. couldn't I couldn't remember the tune. I thought I knew it when I started singing it, but obviously I didn't. Okay, number four. My daddy worked all night in the Van Leer coal mines. Was that not Coal Miner's Daughter? That's right. Okay. That's correct. Okay, number five. I love this. I actually like this song. Okay. Well, I thought I'd been loved, but I never had, till I was wrapped in the arms of a Mississippi man. Oh, that's her and Conway Twitty. That's Mississippi. Oh, wait. Louisiana Woman, Mississippi Man. Yeah, so let's. We can sing that one together. I forgot about her and Conway's songs. I do know some of those. You ready? Louisiana Woman, (laughs) Mississippi Man. man, We we get together anytime we can. Mississippi River can't keep us apart. Too, too much, much love in this Louisiana heart. <laughs> oh. I guess we don't need to sing anymore. We might be losing some listeners right now. I, I heard a couple of dogs howling outside. I think outside. so. Tucker didn't come here howling at really. that. Okay. All right. Number six. This is a song I had never heard. I'm curious if you've heard of it. Okay. This old maternity dress maternity dress I've got is going in the garbage the clothes I'm wearing from now on won't take up so much yardage is it the pill it is honestly yeah. I don't think I've ever heard that song but uh-huh. she talked about it mm-hmm. some in that in her book me and Patsy kicking up dust mm-hmm. and so I, there's a lot of controversy, lot of over controversy over around it but that makes sense that that was from the pill mm-hmm Okay, so this next one, number seven. I'm doing pretty good. I have to brag on myself. I thought I was going to be like not be able to get any of these. Okay, this one I do remember the tune. I'm about as old-fashioned as I can. (laughs) I can't do it. I'm (laughs) going (laughs) to laugh. If you're looking at me, you're looking at country. (laughs) Crap, I just thought I could get that out without laughing, but I can't. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so it's I'm about as old-fashioned as I can be, and I'm hoping... You're liking what you see. You're, yeah, if you're looking at me, you're looking at country. Oh, so, Jay. Joy and I talked about this episode before we started and how we've never had to edit an episode before. <laughs> <laughs> I think this may be the first one we have to right. edit. Okay. Number eight. But the man I love, when he picks up trash, he puts it in a garbage can. Okay. That is... Um, you ain't woman enough to yeah, take my man. That's right. Uh, you were talking about that just a well while ago. Okay. Okay. But here in Topeka, the rain is a-fallin', the faucet is a dri- dripping, and the mm-hmm. kids are a-ballin'. Mm-hmm. One of them a toddling, and mm-hmm. one is a crawling, and one's, one's on the way. Okay, yeah, <laughs> I just have a little bit of a catchy tune, I'll have yeah. to do that. We're re-niggin', aren't we, on this whole, <laughs> like, we don't like our music in every song. But I like yeah. that song. Oh, yeah, that's not yeah. too bad. Yeah. Number ten. Well, you thought I'd be waiting up when you came home last night. You've been out with all the boys, and you ended up half-tight. Don't come home a drinking with loving on your mind. Yep, that's right. Gosh, Joy, you actually got. I did a lot I better you than that. thought You got nine I out of ten. Oh, yeah. The only one you didn't know was a haunted house, okay. and, and I don't blame you because I didn't know that one either. Okay, so in closing, we're going to go ahead and close now. And um, I and I've already said this, but I wanted to just say it again. I realize I am not a huge fan of her music, but I do love the song Coal "Miner's Daughter," like I said while ago, mm-hmm. and and I am a huge fan of her because. Uh, I love I love Loretta Lynn and what she stands for and, and what she endured and what she's accomplished. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing I guess I need to add is I do love bluegrass music. Mm-hmm. So, I, just as a side note, I don't, think has anything to I do don't with know anything, a lot about it. But, I just remember yeah. our dad, he would put on the album, like you said, the vinyl in, in, mm-hmm. in their bedroom. And I just remember every once in a while I would hear bluegrass music coming out of their... Um, out of their bedroom, and I would go in there, and he would be sitting there listening to it, so that's pretty cool. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I remember he liked, uh, is it Bob Wills and the Texas Playboys? I think so. He liked them. Yeah. Yeah. And I do like bluegrass music, but I I can't sit and listen to it all day, but I could Mm -hmm. listen to one or two songs. I I love bluegrass, and I mean, I do, I will admit I have to kind of be in a certain mood to listen to it, Mm -hmm. but I do love bluegrass music, and I, I, I was fortunate enough, um, to uh, find a lot of dad's old bluegrass albums. So mm-hmm. I have a lot of his albums. I'm glad at my you house. kept them. Yeah. Okay, so just uh, just as an FYI, um, I'm going to talk, just uh, give you a few facts about Coal Miner's Daughter, the song, and the legacy that it has. So the song Coal Miner's Daughter was listed at number 185 on RIAA's list of songs of the century. Wow. So this is Songs of the Century. Mm-hmm. It's listed 185, and it was also listed Out at Out of how many? Um I don't know. Um hmm. I, I don't know, but I'm just saying the fact that it even a yeah, list it made is what the I list was is amazing. referring yeah. to, yeah. And it was also listed at number thirteen on CMT's one hundred greatest songs in country music. Okay. So in twenty ten the Library of Congress put coal miner's daughter on the National Recording Registry. Now I was just curious, Joy, have you ever heard of the National Recording Registry? Uh, I don't. Do you think know what so, that is? No. Okay, so it's basically just something Congress has put in place to to uh, keep the our history alive. And I wrote down what uh, qualifies a song to be put on the National Registry. Okay. The National Recording Registry is a list of sound recordings that are culturally, historically, or aesthetically important. And or inform or reflect life in the United States. Okay, so so specifically in the United States. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So before we uh, close, just that's all I had to say. Do you have any closing comments? No. Okay. Um. And I wanted to end the podcast with the song "Coal Miner's Daughter" for okay. those who have never heard it before. So we'll go. We'll put that. We'll attach that to the end here. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess if that's all you have to say, then I guess we'll sign off. This is Angie. And this is Joy, and we'll see you next time on. Twin, Twin Talk. talk.